Welcome to The Ether. Today is Wednesday, April 27th, 2022. This episode of The Ether is brought to you by Orbital Command. Have you heard of TDX? Listen, Orbital Command is putting together the TerraDAP Expo on June 9th and 10th in Austin, Texas. Not Boston. I know, that's what I thought. Austin. Austin, Texas. Come get doxed IRL and share merriments with all of your favorite fellow lunatics and lunatics. For more information, go to TerraDapExpo.com or hit the menu item on the site right here on TerraSpaces.org. And as always, be sure to check out Orbital Command online at OrbitalCommand.io. TerraSpaces appreciates the support from all our sponsors. For more information, check out TerraSpaces.org slash sponsors. Today on the Ether, Osmosis, updates from the lab. Let's take a listen. Hello and welcome scientists we're back with another osmosis updates from the lab hope you all can hear me uh this is kevin barry uh, aka kevin dizzle and uh today we have i believe josh lee is with us uh, dojimos uh and also we have some special hello hey what's up um we also have some uh folks from the osmosis grants program um derek Shu from High Reverie, Federico, and Miles. So it's going to be a fun show. And I guess if you're ready, are you are you uh, ready to rock, Josh? Oh yes, I am. <laughs> awesome. Um, so uh, so here we are. We we're at uh, one week from four twenty. Have you recovered? Oh, I, I, let me just say, I, I do live in Korea where the consumption, sale, ah. and, and purchase of cannabis is illegal. So Correct. unfortunately, I don't get to celebrate 420. Fair <laughs> enough. Korea. That's fair enough. That is a, the yeah. correct answer. I, I yeah. was, uh, I was in Canada where marijuana is government approved and sold. Um, and I got to say, I'm just getting back onto my land legs. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to say I'm like anti-legalization now, but that government weed is, uh, it's a little too strong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've, um, someday, someday. Oh, dude, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm putting up a red flag. I'm just saying, be careful. Like it's not, this is not your childhood's, uh, joints. I, I don't know. I, maybe, maybe I'm too old, but like this stuff. Yeah. It's it's rough. I've been wanting a nap every day for the past week, and um, having hyper vivid dreams that I was like a government trained uh, super soldier. I don't know. Just having it was it was really intense. <laughs> it was, it's no joke, man. Glad well, you got to enjoy that. <laughs> so we're um, 
we're here and I, we do have obviously the, the updates themselves from osmosis labs, which uh, I'm sure everyone is curious about. I had a couple of quick things I wanted. Well, you know what you could, we can start with the updates cause that's the format. Um, and you know, if you're ready for that and if not, we can go another way. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, we, so what the team is working on right now and give a little bit of an update on that. Um, so yeah, the team has made a pretty significant progress on, um, stable swap. So I believe that should be, uh, ready to kind of go in the next upgrade. And what this means is, you know, uh, right now, I think the only kind of two stable coins that exist on, um, osmosis are UST and the e-money EUR. But with this upcoming bridge integration, uh, we are expecting to see more kind of Ethereum-based stable coins, which includes USDC, USDT, and DAI as well. And those have already been flowing in even prior to the canonical bridge voting uh, through the Frontier website. But uh, basically, you know, the stable swap will allow a very low slippage way of converting between one USD uh, stable coin to another. So uh, I think that doesn't entail a ton of um, UX side of changes, but uh, a lot of just kind of uh, changing the code on the front end. Uh, sorry, not the front end, the chain side and, uh, and things like that. And right. So, so I have a quick question about this because it is like a division of labor thing. So, so what that in that entails uh, updates to the, to the blockchain protocol, uh, the, I guess, is it right to call that the back end? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would say a, like a distributed backend essentially is what blockchain is. So, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. The stable is, is there a date for the launch of the stable swap? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, I'm actually just kind of, uh, since I'm not on the chain dev team, I don't think I have um, a f- complete understanding of the timeline on that. Okay. That's yeah. fair. Just checking. I know people are going to ask. So just checking. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then, um, yeah, there's just been a lot of just work around um, better like node efficiencies and things like that. So uh, this is very like validator focused technical information. But uh, if you guys didn't know, the size of to you know of a osmosis node snapshot is somewhere around 120 gigabytes right now, and we have the team who are essentially uh, trying to you know, trying to get users to spin up a node and, and trying to make that as easy as we can. So, uh, you know, coming up with uh, a version of an osmosis node where all non-essential information is pruned off. And uh, I believe we should be able to kind of get that down to about seven gigabytes. So, you know, if you are just trying to wow. run your own uh, infrastructure or endpoint or, or your like own full node for your service, now, instead of having to download 120 gigabytes of data to spin something off, uh, you can basically get started fairly quickly with about only seven gigabytes of, um, yeah, seven, seven gigabytes of download. So I believe that should be coming fairly soon uh, as, as a new release. That's a heavy prune. That's exciting. <laughs> and yeah, and then a lot of the things that I've been working on, so I know Sunny typically does these. and. Uh, 
you know, the, the things that Sunny typically focuses on and, and the things that I typically focus on are a lot different. Uh, I focus a lot more on the UX and, and the UI side of things. And we spent, I've spent a lot of the past uh, week and a half, two weeks, essentially trying to sketch out the lending protocol for all sources, right? So uh, we do have the Confio team working on the smart contract that would be deployed on Osmosis, but it is still mostly on us to create a, a really good UX flow around that and, and making the lending uh, protocol feel very integrated. And I am, you know, fairly proud to say, uh, maybe I'm being too confident here, but uh, we basically targeted our uh, lending UX around someone who has used a DEX, but who has never used a lending protocol. And if you're in that category, I feel pretty confident in saying that you will probably find the inbuilt Osmosis lending uh, user flow to be probably the easiest lending like UX in all of crypto, basically. Uh, and, you know, you probably saw me post uh, uh, like a user, you know, poll about uh, which would you prefer? Would you prefer to incentivize lending and borrowing? And yes, I did see that. Yeah. And, you know, that was some, you know, there were some really good, uh, not only votes, but feedback at, at, uh, on the comments. But mm -hmm. I can actually dive into, I don't know if you have a ton of time, but I can actually dive into some of our rationale in designing some of this. Yeah, I would love to hear it because sure. I, I mean, I feel like the UX is, it's probably, it has to be in the top three strengths of osmosis. And it's something that I think is hard to replicate, actually, um, the way that y'all are doing it, like you're adapting so fast. So yeah, please. Yeah. So, uh, you know, everything kind of begins uh, by analyzing what exists in the market. And, you know, we've looked at Compound, we've looked at Aave, we've looked at Mars Protocol, and we've looked at Anchor. And uh, one of the things I just really didn't like about the existing lending protocol is it tries to be very neutral on whether it wants to incentivize people to lend money or whether it wants to incentivize people to borrow. And when you're not making a kind of decision on, hey, I would like to optimize for this flow, I feel like sometimes you end up uh, with a UX that feels very clunky for both sides, right? Uh, so. Uh, we posted that poll. We had a lot of internal discussions, and and I guess going back to kind of that, like you know, when you're trying to build a very neutral lending platform, uh, the first thing that you see in a lot of these lending protocols are you have lending on the left side of screen, and you have borrowing on your right side of the screen, and um, you know, we we target people who have never used a lending protocol, but have used Dexit, so they know how to use you know some crypto applications. But when you want to borrow money, uh, I think one of the things that people will be very confused about is that you actually have to lend money to borrow money. And when you first kind of step into a lending protocol, uh, when you want to borrow money, you obviously want to just click borrow, right? <laughs> uh, but what you'll end up finding out is like, oh. Like I get this new pop-up that's saying, you know, it's like, I would like to borrow this and I input some number that I want to borrow and I can't do anything from here and I'm lost. So we kind of made this very strategic decision to heavily build a flow around the borrowing of money on this lending protocol 
rather than the lending part. And, and the rationale behind that is um, when you're trying to build a standalone lending protocol, uh, you really do need to incentivize somewhat, you know, of to get people to lend money. Uh, and, and one, you know, why do yeah. people lend money is because you get yield out of that, right? But when you're on osmosis, yeah. you already have, um, you know, different ways of generating yield, whether that is through staking or bonding your LP shares. And I feel like when we try to also kind of really build out a process around the lending yield, you kind of end up in a spot where the user is just like, there's too many choices. And at that point, it just, everything just feels chaotic. So uh, rather than kind of trying to compete, have build a flow around like competing yield and interest rates, really, fo really focus on borrowing and um, assuming our thesis works and we do get a lot of borrow demand. Uh, that's a lot of organic yield that goes to the lenders. And that means we're being more efficient with uh, potentially, you know, Osmo where, hey, the, there's not enough lending demand because there's not enough interest rates. So let's try to kind of boost that up by incentivizing Osmo. But if there is sufficient borrow demand, uh, we never actually have to get into that position because there's significant demand to borrow um, UST or Osmo and, and whatnot. So I think that's kind of the strategic decision around that. We're not going with the very typical lending protocol left, right um, UX, and we're kind of going with a very vertical uh, top-down approach where you'll have your personal information up top, you'll have some information about the market down below, and uh, I think it'll be a very straightforward experience on, you know, I want to borrow money so I can do this, right? And actually, Kevin, uh, I, let me kind of let me kind of ask you this: assuming you, Please. you, know, you assuming you have a thousand Osmo, uh, and you would like to leverage your Osmo through a lending protocol, do you think? Yeah, how how would you do that? Wow, this is a good question. Yeah. Um, I love imagine. Osmo, you can borrow uh, UST on this lending protocol. Oh man, well that's that adds that changes the game a little bit. Yeah. Um, okay, so I can I have a thousand Osmo. You're telling so just so I have this correct, you're telling me that the that the um, the interface is going to require me to lend before I borrow. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? But we're not so, going to use the term lend. I think we're going to call it deposit. So it just kind of feels uh, like okay. a bank. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So deposit. So I, I guess, I guess first thing I'll look at is what is like, is there a collateralization, mm -hmm. you know, ratio for the, if, if I'm going to borrow UST um, and I'm pretty conservative, so I, I might look at this and say, like, I might even, you know, try and add some padding to that. And what would I do with, a, with like, how, so how much, I don't know, how much UST could I borrow off of a thousand Osmo? Let's say you can do like 50%, but how would you, how would you turn that into a leverage position is what I'm saying. Mm. Yeah, it's like the steps there. So I, I mean, you know, I you, know you like walk me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. So you walk so me through because, well, 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 here's my one point though: is that I, I think I'm a good example of. I mean, I hate to compare myself to koala bears, but of being somewhat smooth-brained about this because I, I haven't really 
used much leverage. Um, I'm going to be, I mean, I've never used yep. leverage. Um, I've avoided as a trader, I've avoided it. Cause I'm like, I know myself and I know I'm going to get burned. Yeah. So I'm, I've traded for five years now and I've just been like, I'll do that once I have a full grasp of it. But until I do, I won't touch it. And so yeah. I'm very like cautious about stuff like that. So yeah. I would love to see how the leverage is introduced. So, yeah. let's so say I, I want to borrow the, the right process around that would be, you know, you have a thousand Osmo, you put that as uh, your deposit, you borrow UST, and then you buy more Osmo with the borrowed UST, and then you just kind of repeat that process. But I feel like most people would like, you know, if you just ask someone, it's like, hey, you have compound and you have money, how would you turn this into a leverage position? I feel like people would know how to use a lending protocol, but they wouldn't know how to turn that into a leverage position. And I feel like that's a very UX issue, right? All the tools exist, but the people don't know how to use it. Or, so, so you're saying the le the leverage in this circumstance, just so I'm going to feed this back to you, is that I borrow the UST off the Osmo, then I lend the Os the UST again, and then I borrow off of that. In, oh, in like you would a, basically just buy on the deck uh, with the borrowed UST. Uh, uh, right, right. I got, I got you. I, I missed a step there. I borrow off the um, – I'm a good example here because I think I'm at the lowest common denominator. Uh, so like – you, you, I, I borrow a UST off of my Osmo. Um, I don't. Let's say I borrow. I don't know. I'm going to go super conservative. I borrow a thousand bucks. I buy Osmo with that, um, and then I assuming lend the that. Uh, yeah. Oh, you don't even have to lend it. And assuming the price goes up, um, you basically have to pay back the same amount of dollar, right? So if you bought Osmo and Osmo, let's say doubled the price, you can sell the Osmo. Uh, use half of that money to pay back your loan and you get you get to keep that other half but um, you know gotcha. i feel like a lot of this like ux problems exist where there's a lot of tooling that enables people to do things but people just don't know how to do that so uh, that's kind of our goal in trying to design an interface where uh, and that's kind of one of our strengths right like compound can't specifically favor one dex or another uh when they're trying to build out a lending protocol whereas right when you have a lending protocol built into osmosis uh, we can create a flow that goes from hey you use your uh, assets in the decks as a collateral you can borrow money and then you can go straight to trading on the decks without ever leaving the same website whereas you know if you wanted to do that on um let's say compound or ave you would you know have to switch back and forth between ave and uniswap and things like that so that's kind of the design process that we're trying to uh, build off of. And yeah, really looking forward to kind of getting that rolled out for everyone. Um, I don't think the timeline on that is, you know, it wouldn't be like less than a month since we're still in the very early design phases of it. But um, yeah, just kind of wanted to share what we've been thinking about and um, our, our thought process around trying to make sure that uh yeah how how we approach this like lending protocol that's going live on uh, osmosis as well so. i i love it i mean i think that this kind of baby steps approach um is good and it and yeah the fact that i i was able to grasp it with a little bit of hand holding uh, makes mm -hmm. sense i do wonder like so how many loops can you do like i don't know i have some questions about how yeah exactly <laughs> but like you know you have your it's a challenge and hopefully we'll be able to address that uh, address that with the some of the better designs that we're able to build. And yeah, and then besides that, um, we are basically just pending 
the vote on the canonical bridge. So we have been working on some internal design sketches on bridge integrations, but obviously we can't begin uh, the work to integrate one of these until one of that uh, uh, a bridge, a canonical bridge has been chosen by the community. So yeah, we're just waiting on that and we'll see how that goes. I mean, there's like an hour, less than an hour left of voting, I think. It, I mean, it, it, last I checked, it was Axlar had the lead, but I haven't looked yeah. at it actually. Um, so so just to be clear, the, the lending protocol that you're talking about is isotonic or that's, that's been correct. Okay. So for everyone, just so they understand, uh, that's what we were discussing um, before. Um, and then this, uh, the, the canonical bridge is going to have another, uh, a U UX component or, you know, how are we going to interact with that? Like, how are we going yeah, to yeah. encounter it? I can definitely provide some context on that. So, uh, the canonical bridge, uh, you actually wouldn't have a, uh, our, our goal is for you to never have to interact with a separate UI. You basically would be able to bridge your ETH tokens on, um, on the app.osmosis.stone website. So uh, what would essentially happen is, um, let's say USDC uh, on Ethereum, uh, USDC would basically just show up as one of the assets on uh, your assets page on Osmosis. And right now, you know, for all these IBC assets, you have an IBC deposit and an IBC withdraw button. Uh, and in the same way, uh, you know, it wouldn't be an IBC deposit, but you would have USDC or let's say E, and you have a deposit button on it. And we will basically walk you through the bridging. We will allow you to connect your MetaMask uh, with the Osmosis website. And yeah, you wouldn't have to go to some like bridge.osmosis.zone. Uh, there would be, you know, uh, those websites available and we might have to link that out before we are finally, we finally built everything into the web app. But uh, our end goal is, you know, you wouldn't have a separate UI, you just, should be able to do that right from your assets page on Osmosis. Awesome. Yeah, that's, I mean, that just uses all the, the I guess, the, the training, the, the uh, conditioning that we've all had uh, that you got, you all have built so well for going to the uh, assets page to add tokens, chains, and this is just adding a bridge to token. So it's kind of a similar uh, vein. That's awesome. Um, I can't think of anything super high priority to cover in terms of the updates, but those were some of the things I definitely wanted to talk about. Okay. I feel like that was, you covered some good ground there. Um, also I had a couple of things, this came up from Twitter and I'm going to bring them up cause they were UI slash UX related. One of them was uh, FMZ tweeted, please ask about UI revamp progress way overdue. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it is, that's true. You, I don't think this is, our, our project tracker is public, but um, basically we have almost finished on the mobile part and we have the trade page that's left to do. So everything else from the pools page, assets page, um all of those are done uh we just need to finish the trade page the home page essentially and um you should be able to um we should be able to ship things after testing everything we do have a 
a, a URL that you can test out the new UI. Uh, I don't think we should share that yet. <laughs> so it's mostly okay, testing. that's a good tease. I just, I just don't want to create, <laughs> yeah. If, if something goes wrong, you know, we haven't okay. tested this yet. So we do have like a live deployment that's going on every single time we develop something and we push that. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll, show, we'll, we'll share that with the community uh, once we feel pretty comfortable that, you know, this won't result in any potential, you know, losses just because you're trying out the, what the new UI looks like. So. Okay, that sounds safe, but it's it's good to know that there's something that's up for testing and um, I'm sure people are chomping at the bit to uh, to check that out. So, yep. uh, okay, so FMZ, is uh, ha- that's a good answer for their question. Um, also, they, they said something else. This was earlier in the month, but uh, I just, I saw it and I was like, you know, I think we've brought this up. Maybe it's it's probably in, in a pull request or something, but it was uh, that there should be a button to extend seven days bonding to 14 days on Osmosis Zone. Um, have, have you... Uh, I mean, maybe this is beyond just a UX thing, but have yeah. you guys discussed that? Yeah, so I I think this is beyond the a UX thing. This does require um, development on the chain side. Um, and I believe the chain team has been working on this, but I don't know. I haven't heard any updates to where the front end has been working on this yet. So I do expect okay. that would either be on this upcoming upgrade alongside stable swap and, and token factory and things like that or the upgrade after that. Okay. Um, so I think without further ado, although I, well, here's, there's one last thing I would like to ask you before we dive into the, the grants program. Um, and this is something that is kind of a new thing, but, and, and so if you're not, whatever, I, it might catch you off guard here, Josh, but um since this is one of the first times that I've co-hosted with, I mean, it's probably been a handful of times that we've co-hosted, but um, what's one of the big lessons you've learned working in crypto or even just a, a lesson you've learned in life that you think applies to how you approach your work for osmosis? Um, no, that's a very good question. And I probably need a little bit more to think about this. That's but, fine. We can, you can come yeah. back, you can circle back to it. I just wanted to, to plant it there. Cause I think it's a, uh, to be telling um i think for me the biggest thing is uh, making sure you know in terms of building a product that you work with people who love the product uh and you know if you i don't know if the community knows but a lot of the basic i would say even like more than 80 percent of the core team has been people we found through twitter discord telegram and, and things like that which means that people who have been already active in, in, in osmosis, right? And feel like this makes <laughs> building a product just way easier, a lot more fun because everyone just really enjoys what they're doing. And the other thing I would say would be, um, yeah, I, I think I tweeted this out, but um, I think executing ordinary ideas in an ex, uh, extraordinary way is way more important than trying to come up with extraordinary ideas executed in very ordinary ways. So I think in crypto, there's an overemphasis on building something completely novel. Uh, and I think there's an underemphasis on making sure that what you're building is very usable um, for the average user. And um, for me personally, you know, I, I wouldn't say I'm, I would say I'm pretty smooth brained as well. Like I'm not, 
a developer. I don't, I'm not like a mathematician cryptographer or anything, but um, what I always aim to do is, you know, hey, I might not have the most brilliant ideas that, um, you know, moves the needle in terms of where crypto is going in terms of what the product is and, and this new math equation or this like AMM function. I think we have people in our team who can do that better than I do. But for me, it's always just been about um, can we, how can we tackle this uh, product or this feature that already exists in the market and try to approach it from a way where no other team or um, project has done before? And how can we move the needle in, in that way? And, and I think that's kind of the core ethos of how we want to build product on uh, how how we build the like the end users product in Osmosis. So, yeah, I love it. I I think that yeah, your approach attracts people who value the same thing, and um, it, it makes sense. I think your first answer was very telling about making sure that you work with people who love the product, you know, and that you're recruiting the team, you know, the core team from. Twitter and Discord and Telegram, and it, it it makes. I do think that it brings that a cohesion to the the community and and the um, the working groups. So, yeah, thank you. Um, so, with that, um, I I certainly am curious to to uh, extend that question to the members of uh, Reverie. As well, uh, you know, guys don't have to jump right off the jump. Answer that, but um, that uh, I, I guess should be the the uh, the lead in here for this next portion of updates, where we're going to talk about the um, Osmosis Grants Program. Uh, and I should say, I just, I do just want to say, congratulate, a belated congratulations on the passage of Prop 186 uh, to Derek, Miles, and, and uh, Federico. And um, I'm really, you know, excited. Uh, I think we all are to to see what projects have have gotten grants so far, and um, what y'all are looking for. And uh, please, uh, I welcome y'all up to the stage here to um, to discuss that. Thanks a lot, Kevin and Josh. And yeah, really great to be back here. Um, as you guys saw, the grants program officially launched uh, about three weeks ago. And yeah, we've uh, gotten a, a lot of inbound. Um, we've gotten, I think at this point, over over 50 applications. And yeah, we've been over the past few weeks getting back to, to every single one of them um, with a list of questions and and continuing diligence as needed and yeah just last week we we funded our first batch and are continuing to to diligence a, a few more which you'll hopefully see announced over the next uh, week or so i think the the ideal cadence for us is announcing a new group every two weeks and yeah i think the purpose of this call um is really just to to update you guys on how the program's going generally, talk about a few of the funded grants. And I think down the line, like bring on some of the the, the most impactful and and and, and largest grants. Um, that at the end of the day is what will determine the success of this program. So I think 
Um, it'll take some time, obviously, for, for some of the recipients to to deliver a completed product and and thing. But I think, yeah, that is um, we definitely want to be highlighting the the, the the participants as well, um, not just Reverie, obviously. So, so yeah, I think for today, um, yeah, it's really just to like obviously encourage everyone on this call to to apply and and take a look at the website. It's grants.osmosis.zone. Um, we'll be continuing to, to put out more content, um, adding more RFPs and things we want to fund, um, adding a list of just like general focus areas we, we want to do. And, and yeah. Um, okay, great. That's, I think that's a good starting point, Derek. Um, and and uh, maybe if, if you can t- walk us through like, what has the what has the program launch entailed? I guess so far. Yeah, I mean, I think in terms of the the launch, it's basically it's been pretty simple. It means just the funds have been moved into the into the multisig. The legal entities are entirely set up, um, so the program is now at a place where it can, it can distribute payments, um, which will happen soon, and. Yeah, the bulk of the, the the work is really just looking through the applications and getting feedback on them and asking them questions and, and chatting with them. Um, and I think, yeah, that'll continue to be um, a, a good pace of applications coming in, which is which is awesome. And, and yeah, I think really, again, over the next like month or two, it's really just continuing that part, but starting to pay people and hopefully seeing some initial grants start to deliver, um, which we can then, yeah, like show, show the community and, and have people use and give feedback and iterate from there. Okay. Um, and in terms of which projects have been approved for funding, is it, do you feel comfortable diving into some of that? Absolutely. I think Federico from our side can talk a little bit more about um, the projects we funded thus far and the, the types of applications we've just been seeing broadly. Awesome. What's up, Federico? Hey, everyone. Great to be here. Welcome. Yeah. So as Derek mentioned, we've successfully approved the first first batch of grants earlier this week. And just to give some highlights on what they include. So we gave a retro grant for state.tax, which has helped us all get through this year's tax season. So I think it's definitely highly deserved. Then Big Dipper will have Osmosis Explorers again for both testnet and mainnet. And this time it will be on Big Dipper 2.0, which has a revamped UI. And High Stakes Switzerland is creating a map of full nodes around the world, which will help us to visualize the actual decentralization of the osmosis chain. They're also planning on doing additional node metrics, such as measuring uptime by location. And yeah, like I'd encourage all of you to check out our blog post on the the grants website for more details, which include funding amount, milestones, like who we funded and a brief description about each project. We've also got a lot in the pipeline for the second batch of grants. 
some projects which may be approved in the next plan, uh, in the next batch include some more high quality analytics projects such as weekly financial statements to assess the health of the osmosis protocol, more tooling and retro grants, and a project using Cosmosm contracts on top of osmosis to automate investment strategies. Since we've received a lot of applications for analytics and tooling so far, I would love to see like more applications from apps building on top of osmosis or leveraging the osmosis AMM and also funding more infrastructure development for the Cosmos SDK, Cosmwasm, and Kepler itself. And you can check out our RFP list on our website as well for inspiration on these. And yeah, also another thing we'd like to fund is external research topics that are critical to the long-term success of osmosis and we'll definitely be adding some of those to the RFP list as well. Okay. That's that sounds like a good start. Um yeah, I'm looking down at the approved grants list and I see the Grafana Analytics, the Discord bots, um it's retroactive. And so the and there's a there's an education grant for uh, a Turkish translation of the full documentation, so that's exciting. Um are is there something that you you all were um expect well i guess if there's something that you want to dive into specifically about any of these i mean i would be interested to hear yeah and i'm also interested in hearing about how many applications uh you guys got as well i feel like that will also provide some context on uh, how many you guys are looking through and filtering as well yeah i think in the first uh two weeks there's been 48 so and yeah, I think there's a few that are. Wow, that's good. Yeah, there's a few that are sort of you can not like not super serious applications, but the overwhelming majority are like pretty legitimate um, applications from 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 people that have been involved in osmosis and in, in various capacities. I think it's been a mix of individual contributors and individual community members, um, some validators, some just general ecosystem participants that have have been around um some and, and and it's also been really nice because a lot of these folks have been directly referred by uh members of the osmosis community um so i think it's yeah we really appreciate all of you guys getting the word out and and sending this program to to people you work with and and just helping yeah get eyes on it because i think top of funnel is is really important here um and yeah, I think that's probably the, the the biggest thing for us in the next few months, like while the program's getting off the ground, just getting as many eyeballs on it and increasing awareness. Um, so we'll also be working on a new website and and just like focusing more on the marketing comms side. Um, but I think, yeah, to talk about like the, more about the grant specifically, I think we're, I think honestly, like the best way there is on future calls, we can bring on, like one or two of the most interesting ones that that I think the community should, should be aware of, and and you can hear from them directly. Um, yeah, especially once, idea. especially once they've actually like started to deliver on on the grant, and the community can use it or, or see it and ask questions directly. So, 
that's yeah I, I agree that having the actual grant recipients the people doing the work will um th they'll be able to tell the story best um the yeah and and 48 is a that, that i think that's pretty good and is there a number that is there a target that you're looking for i mean i would imagine we're it's always like you're going for quality over quantity but um i mean i would say mike's like our expectations are that the first few weeks there will be a lot obviously i think people have been waiting a long time for this program to, to launch and it's it's obviously great that, that that it finally has and and over the after a few months like i think things will will smooth out a little bit and there will be a regular cadence but yeah, I would say personally, like I expect the program to be approving between like five to seven every two weeks. Um, so I, I think it depends. Nice. And, and I guess my, my question wasn't just about the approval rate, but like um, incoming, you know, grants. What is it that you're, you know, also and also just kind of like what are. I guess uh, Federico already mentioned what you're looking for infra infrastructure um, and uh, apps, but yeah. I, I just meant that like the, the incoming, uh, is there a rate or that you're trying to, you know, build up the awareness? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know that we have like a target rate to be honest. I think, like again, I'm expecting between yeah, like fifteen to twenty to twenty five applicants a week. Um, initially, that that might taper down over time. Probably will. Um, but yeah, I think it's a healthy pace right now. Like we we'll be making more of an effort again to to increase top of funnel. Um, but I yeah, I think that's a pretty solid pace over the first few few months. And yeah, it's not necessarily like the more the better. Um, we don't need everyone to apply like in the first, right. like, I think some, some consistent amount over a period is probably better, um, just to allow the program some room to breathe and to see how things will operate before committing like huge amounts of funding to, to projects. So. Okay. Um, I just, I got a note, uh, that I guess official, the Axler is now officially the canonical bridge for uh, for osmosis so i guess I, I suppose the voting period ended and we're it's well it's done so that's that's just for us to get to work yeah time to get to work uh <laughs> gotta cut this call short no um so i guess i i would like to sir i hate this term but circle back to this um question that i asked josh that maybe, um, you know, Derek, uh, Federico, and I know Miles hasn't uh, jumped in here yet, but I would like to hear from you too, um, to extend this question about, you know, what, what is one of the big lessons you've learned working in crypto, um, you know, or, or a lesson that you've learned in life that applies to how you're approaching this work for, for osmosis that, you know, you might want to share. <clears throat> um, <laughs> I can take this one. I mean, I think Thank like you. one, one broad like lesson I, I would have is, uh, I think like communication and, and, and just like creating a narrative, I think is really important for, for anything. 
um, but but doubly so for 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 I mean for what we're doing, which is like a community driven like initiative that ultimately is meant for you guys, like like us, Reverie, like we're helping create and, and steward the program, but and we're gonna like try and position everyone as as good as possible, but ultimately like it's gonna be it, 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 the program is meant to empower the average users and the average contributors. Um, so I think, yeah, like, like it's really, and it's not always super clear. I know it's like, if you're listening to this call, like it's not always super clear. It's like, what, what should I actually do? Is there a role for me? Um, but like when, like contributing the protocols and, and DAOs, like you really just have to be aggressive and no one's going to tell you what to do. Um, and you really have to just like be proactive and, and reach out and, um, I think, yeah, like myself, Fred and Miles, we're always happy to to brainstorm ideas with you and give feedback. Um, but yeah, and, and, and we're going to try and give as many ideas as possible. But it's like, if you have something and you, and you want to get deeper, like you really just have to put yourself out there and, 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 and risk being rejected. Like sometimes, like we can't say yes to everyone, but, um, but sometimes you just got to take a leap. So that's my, my show. I'll stop my spiel there. But. No, I think your point about communication uh, and having a clear narrative, um, you know, about what your purpose is, what you're doing, what the utility or your benefit or you know, how, how, how it helps people is super important. <laughs> I mean, again, like it goes back to like what Josh was saying in the beginning about, you know, it, it's, it's better to have ordinary ideas executed extraordinarily than extraordinary ideas you know uh, executed ordinarily like i think a lot of people in the community have uh things that they want to see that maybe the core team is not going to be able to you know focus on and i that's one of the ways that i see the grants program as being you know building out these other features um i would i would be curious to hear what some of those are or things that people are you know if there's like a kind of i don't know a a, a a list that that ranks like what are the things that people really want that would be best done by this and kevin maybe just to jump in here <clears throat> i think Please. there are um you know you, we mentioned research as being one of those buckets of really high priority um you know interest for us and that you know, for for community members that maybe aren't technical but are extremely you know familiar with with osmosis and feel very strongly you know about some of the biggest questions looming over osmosis longer term you know like thinking about new amm designs that will improve capital efficiency or or thinking about you know incentive structures that could keep transactions gas free in the long term um you know a lot a lot of this stuff starts with research you know from an unbiased third party um and then that can, you know, facilitate discussion and get some of these bigger questions going, right? Um, so that that's kind of the point of the, the research piece. It's a little bit, let you know, education is very important for us, but also like having somebody outside of the core team try to tackle some of these really hard, unaddressed problems. That's a great point, Miles. Thank you for, for clarifying what and, that... And just to add to that, I think, you know... Um, as part of the osmosis like core team, uh, I think one of the things that have blocked, uh, you know, 
different kinds of people from being able to contribute or, or be more active in, in contributing has been the kind of a lack of tooling, right? So uh, let's say you're, you are a front-end developer, but you have no experience in building crypto applications. And, and you know, we have built Kepler and we know how difficult it is right now to build a, a front-end application that is very like Web3 native. And, and you know, one of the things that we're trying to do is build some of these toolings to kind of help more people to contribute to the growth of the ecosystem and also have stake as part of that. And, you know, we we're building libraries to, to help with that. If you have background in data analytics, uh, we have integrations coming up for uh, Flipside Crypto where, you know, you can run SQL queries on things that you're interested in. Maybe you want to see, track, you know, the amount of liquidity that's flowing in and out of this pool to that pool. Um, traditionally, you'd have to run your own infrastructure. You'd have to index everything. And we're trying to kind of make that easier. So uh, even if you're not, you know, um, ready to do that now, hopefully with the kind of suit of tools that we're shipping and with the partners and integrations that we're getting, uh, hopefully they will, this will provide enough tooling so that you wouldn't need an entire team of four or five people to kind of um, participate in these grants program. But um, you know, maybe you as an individual would also be able to kind of provide insights and, and build something meaningful for the community as well. Okay, that that's very helpful. I think context for um, I think for, for more technically oriented people, but also for the, the rest of us who are looking at like you know how, how this is going to actually be um, put to use to, to benefit uh, the protocol. Um, and Josh. The, the tooling that you're talking about, that's coming from the core team. You're, you're saying that you're, tr you're building this out to, to make these grants um, like a, more effective. Yeah, so we have this new project uh, that's currently under the code name Telescope, but I think we're going to come up with a better name for that. But what that is, is essentially uh, we're going to be able to abstract a lot of the uh, front ends like uh, signing interactions and, and things like that. Uh, so when you're building out, uh, let's say, an alternate front end or you want to integrate Osmosis swaps into your front end, uh, right now you kind of have to know a lot about Cosmos and the Cosmos SDK and how to you know, format messages. You can't just be like, I would like to swap this token, uh, this much of this token to this token, right? Like, there's a lot more kind of work that needs to go in there. And the aim of uh, Project Telescope is to be able to kind of provide a very simplified library that is and looks, you know, looks and feels very familiar to an existing front end developer uh, that has, you know, built websites but has not used Cosmos and things like that. So that is coming from the core team. Uh, the flip side crypto, uh, you guys can already check that out. Uh, that's live and it has integrations with like Ethereum and Terra and things like that. But uh, you can kind of think of that as something similar to Dune Analytics or, or yeah, a lot of these kind of like um, data analytics websites where you can run queries about osmosis, hopefully soon, and be able to gather important information on, yeah, just anything about osmosis, uh, active accounts, active accounts that has more than one osmosis. One thing I would like to personally see someone do is, you know, I, I feel like we have a lot of governance bots with, uh, you know, like we have a lot of people, uh, accounts, I wouldn't say people, um, that are essentially just voting yes on any proposal that has a balance of, I don't know, like 0.001 Osmo, probably with the expectation that there's some airdrop coming to, 
um, people who vote on governance mm. proposals. I would like <laughs> no, to see you know, go on flip side and try to analyze, hey, how many accounts that have more than, let's say, 10 Osmo has voted for a proposal rather than our currently unfiltered you know, way on the Explorer that shows every single account, no matter the uh, Osmo balance that has voted for a proposal. So like, you, know, you can do a lot of these you know, interesting research into uh, data that exists on the Osmosis blockchain uh, and, and make that just way easier uh, through Flipside rather than having to kind of set up this entire infrastructure on your own. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this kind of, th- that kind of, da- I guess, scraping and, and analytics uh, investigation is, I mean, that was part of what, what drove the, uh, the ION working group in the beginning, people trying to figure out how, how, it, was, uh, how it was distributed. Um, the... So, Josh, how do we get to the this flip side crypto? You said it's it's live now. It isn't live now. It's live for other uh, blockchains and protocols, and I believe the Osmosis integration is coming soon. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll keep the community updated once that's live and ready to use. So awesome, yeah. Um, so if there's more if there are questions and we have i've added some people on here uh i'm sure we'd love to hear i would like to hear from uh folks who have questions either for the for josh uh for uh, high reverie who are working on the osmosis grants program um please if you do have questions uh raise your hand or um let us know okay i'm not seeing anything yet i know that um crypty chain community uh requested to speak if you had a question um, I also, I have a, while we're waiting, I have a, uh, a leftover question, if I can find it. Um, this was about, all right, so th- this was from uh, Water Spinner, which is one of our um, admins from the Osmosis Support Lab, um, mentioned this, this is from last week, but, you know, due to the, the price drop, uh, of course, the whole market is down quite a bit. Uh, an increasing number of investors have been asking about use case. Can we speak on the importance and utility of governance itself uh, as it affects choosing incentives wisely? You know, how, how that plays into um, our interaction with, with the, uh, I guess, with each other and the DAO. Yeah, uh, I think that's a great question. And so first of all, we are in the process of trying to revisit the incentive scheme somewhat. So we have Unity who's been, who came up with a kind of the semi-automatic incentive adjustment, but we're trying to kind of revisit that and come up with a more thesis-driven way that uh, we can kind of rely on in more of a longer term. And I think the repo for that is live on the Osmosis Labs GitHub under um osmosis incentives if if not i'll try to kind of share that out uh afterwards but yeah that's one part and then in terms of the governance yeah i i do think it's very important that governance exercises uh, a lot stricter due diligence on which tokens get incentives i think um you know you don't want to be over incentivizing something that doesn't have long-term prospects like the goal of incentives i think at the end of the day is to incentivize volume and you're kind of making bets as the entire protocol and a community where 
like, hey, we'd like to draw a lot of liquidity for this specific asset with the expectation that uh, this protocol and this asset will be uh, meaningful further down the road and generate a lot of volume. And um, yeah, that's that's something that I think is up to the community to vote on. And I personally would like to see a lot more validators be more public about their thought process. I think we've seen some people some val- I mean, you know, a lot of validators tend to vote without providing any kind of um, justification for why they voted yes or no. But um, I think it's meaningful that the community does kind of, I want to say be a Karen and demand things, but uh, be very, you know, ask things. And it's like, hey, why did you vote yes for this? Hey, why did you vote no for this? Because, um, yeah, it, you know, it does matter. Josh, yeah. quick question. Oh, please, please go. Yeah, so like obviously totally agreed that um, incentives and, and rewards are, are really important and a big part of the, the community and governance's role to, to, to look into and maintain. Is there anything like the grants program can do to help accelerate that or maybe the better word is inform voters? Like I'm picturing maybe there's some tools or, or dashboards or data that that can just help users make informed decisions not sure if, how, how you guys if you guys have have thought about this much um i think the yeah i, I mean some analysis and different modeling into uh, so so there's a lot of different metrics that we uh that we have traditionally kind of suggested incentives off of uh which includes like tvl uh, how old the project is, the volume, uh, et cetera. But, you know, um, we've never, I don't think we've done a thorough anal- like analysis on, hey, if you opt, like, a, I mean, I wouldn't say this would be a forward-looking thing, uh, even a retroactive analysis based on, hey, assuming we optimize this metric over this, uh, this is what would have happened or this is what has happened and, and things like that. So, um yeah, I don't know if right now would be the right time, or maybe it'll be better when some of the uh, analytics tooling is more widely available. But um, yeah, just if you if if there's people in the community who loves looking into numbers, crunching different types of models and things like that, we'd love to see uh, that as part of you know not just the core team, but for the community to uh, be better informed about making decisions on incentives as well. Derek, I mean, I can say just off the bat. Uh, not even just not from a technical perspective, but from a like research uh, um, community member or whatever, early investor research perspective, like there are a lot of questions about validators. How do I pick a validator? How do they vote? I know Hathorn, I think Hathorn Nodes um, has a, a site that shows the validator voting history in like an Excel sheet. Um, and I've seen other protocols that have like have a pie chart or something that's a little bit easier to grok, um, or other types of graphs that show. And I do think finding ways to convey and share, like what what Josh was saying, like is there an, another way that we can, other than just Twitter, maybe Twitter's it, learn how validators are thinking, why they're voting, and also can we get quick snapshots and how they're, you know, how they are voting on and have voted on various proposals to, to understand where we want to put our stake with. I don't know, other... 
it and and to add to that i think there's two things here i think one thing um validators as they are validating more than one networks it'd be interesting to see potential you know like hey assuming this validator is validating this new network um how have they traditionally voted assuming you know if they validate for this network have they always just voted yes or has it been has there been cases where they voted no even though uh, they are a validator on this new network and and the asset uh, that is going through the incentives proposal. And then um, I'm glad that you mentioned Hather nodes as well, because that was one of those resources I only found out very recently existed, and there's a lot of cool analytics there. So we have uh, the Osmosis Labs uh, slash awesome repository on GitHub that was meant to kind of collect some of these resources and um, websites and, and blog posts that, um, you know, just has a lot of cool resources and documentation tooling for Osmosis. I think it'd be cool if someone from the community who's uh, very interested in collecting these information and putting it in one place so that, you know, the community doesn't have to like dig through um, tweets and things like that to find these resources. Um, finding a maintainer for that would also be really awesome. Because uh, I think discovery discoverability is one of the like most difficult part about crypto where we have a lot yeah. of people building cool stuff, but there's also a lot of people that don't exist that a lot of these cool stuff exists already. So yeah, yeah like the fact that you you didn't find that Hather notes thing until recently, it's like, you know, we it it's a uh, this. Sh- just as an example you know tiktok being this like relatively new app is like i feel like that as a social media platform is regardless of what you think about it for discoverability they unlocked some magical thing like people are able to find other people doing stuff super quickly and easily and not saying that we need a tiktok for osmosis but how can we make the resources you know almost impossible to ignore (laughs) Or super easy to discover and find, I guess. I, that, that's a it's a broad question, but anyway, I don't know if that helps you particularly, Derek. But it's something that I want to hear from the community and like get. You know, I know these ideas are out there. No, this is all super helpful, and I think whether it's coming from from you guys or from others, like I think all of these are ideas that we can add to the RFP list and, and tweet out and try to find people. Um, to, to work on because I think they're out there. It's just a matter of like literally providing the right incentive and then providing a, a, a little bit of guidance. Um, so, and then, yeah, everyone benefits. Yeah. Well, um, we have, uh, we've crossed the, the one hour mark. I feel like we've covered a lot of ground is if there's more, if there are questions out there, people who, you know, uh, want to jump in this is will be your, your uh I think your last chance is there um has anything arisen does anyone have any thoughts about this about stuff that could be done with grants that you think would be super helpful that's long overdue all right i'm going to take that as a to be continued <laughs> we can uh certainly this is a this is a new this is a new aspect of osmosis that w- we will have to uh adapt to and figure out how can we get the most out of it. Um, I, it I'm excited uh, just looking at this initial round of, um, of approved grants. And um, thank you, uh, Derek, Federico, and Miles for, for joining us. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Kevin. Great to be here.
Yeah. And um, yeah, very excited to see the, the, the fruits of your labor. Um, it's awesome that the pr- program is, is live. And Josh, uh, thanks for, yeah, thanks for um, sharing really a, a pretty, it's pretty fleshed out um, perspective on what's going on with this, with the, um, the no deficiencies, the canonical bridge is now real. Um, and then the, the, the front end concern. So it's, it's been good, man. I, I look forward to the next one. Absolutely. My pleasure. And yeah, thanks for hosting this as well. Kevin. For sure. Okay. Well, thank you, scientists. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week. And uh, perhaps who knows what we'll have, we have a bridge now. So uh, I guess congratulations to the XLR team and, um, and, and to every, all the bridge providers that, that have come up, I guess, thank you for um, stepping up and there is always frontier. So, okay. Till next time. Thanks everybody. This has been osmosis updates from the lab. Catch you on the flippity flip. Thanks for checking out another episode of the ether. That was the osmosis updates from the lab space recorded on Wednesday, April 27th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. Mutation. It is the key to our evolution. It has enabled us to evolve from a single-celled organism into the dominant species on the planet. This process is slow, normally taking thousands and thousands of years. But every few hundred millennia, evolution leaps forward. Diving through the forest, looking for the door to the portal. Said it'll take me down a corridor. I'm ignoring the warning, storing importance. The cord looks source from ancient coordinates. Smells like musty mutants, trust me. I've been hunting bugs since the leaves started rustling. I must be getting close, yo, the scene is disgusting. Parasitic mutation, off the country. Grab a couple samples and defy their custody. Feeding gamma rays to the beast and peak velocity. Mutating awesomely. Priests say don't want to meet. Taking all the scraps and feed them to the lottery. Always evolving to defy the possibly These are the things that will scream irresponsibly Feeling uneasy, these genes get them off of me I don't mean to trip it, am I mutating properly? We are mutants We are mutants We are mutants We are mutants Unlock the lab, it's time to do this Breathing getting heavy, I can feel it in my arms, but I can't stop now. Mutation. It's an art form, don't be alarmed. If you see me looking odd when I'm out on the farm, spinning crop circles in your yard, reaching the stars, need a way to get across. Got this little mutation, lets me hack key cards. Seen looking like it came out the first three saws, flexing like Rex when I mutate the precop. Leaders trying to research this genetic seesaw. Give me all the science and we'll leave you with the pre-slaw. Riders believe they bleed these endorsements, turning scientists into terrorist supporters. Gotta seize the spoils and release the spores. It's time to forage through DNA lore. So sink it a swim, silly Alice, take the pill and see. We're all mad here, taking over your facility. We are the mutants. We are the mutants. We are the mutants. We are the mutants. Unlock the lab, it's time to do
Spaces. <laughs> 